Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. everyone welcome back for our third episode of across the romaverse this week uh roma's got a busy schedule these days so we're coming at you fast and furious here from kiesd toti uh this is steve back for our second special preview episode of the week uh looking ahead to sunday's match against atalanta it's a big one uh in bergamo on sunday for the Giallarossi. uh with me today i have dan pezzotta of the atalanta pod and the las vegas atalanta supporters group dan how you doing today Good, Steve. Thanks for having me on. Excited to talk uh, a little Atalanta Roma. Yeah, it should be a good one. We've had we had a couple of thrillers the past couple of seasons, so hopefully this one lives up to the same uh, the same billing. Uh, but to start, you know, it's it's rare to find Atalanta fans, especially someone like yourself who's been a supporter of the club for a long, long time. You know, you're a real Atalanta supporter, not a recent you know bandwagon mm-hmm. jumper, so to speak. So, uh, how did you become an Atalanta fan? Yeah, I um, like you said, it's been a long time. It's been 39 years, and I'm 39 years old, so I was born <laughs> into the club. Um, I, interesting kind of story. Um, I, I was born and raised in, in the Philippines, even though I'm stateside now. I've been stateside for about 20 years. Uh, but my dad is Bergamasco, um, so born and raised in Bergamo, uh, moved to Manila for work, and uh, met my mother there. So, uh, yeah, there was no choice for me uh, when I came out. If I'd have been born a few years ago, Instead of in the early 80s, we would have gotten a kit in the mail, you know, like they do yeah. with all the, uh, the uh, Atalanta future fans in Bergamo. Yeah, that's great stuff. I mean, your patience has paid off, you know, after <laughs> uh, the first 37 years might have been a little tough, but recent years have been good yeah. to you. So let's jump right in. What has been the key to Atalanta's success in both Italy in the Serie A and then now the past couple of seasons in the Champions League? Oh, well... That's a, that's a lot to, to un, un, you know, unwrap, uh, but definitely, of course, we know that it started in that 2016-2017 season uh, when Giampiero Gasparini was hired. Uh, you know, we had uh, just come back up recently from being in Serie B, and throughout our history, of course, we've been a yo-yo team. Uh, we had a couple of good years in the late 80s where we made some good runs in, the, in Europe, um, but uh, really nothing, of course, uh, to this level. So... You know, definitely it was the combination of uh, Gasperini and um, our president, Percassi, who is Bergamasco himself, really understands the club. And it was a big deal because, you know, um, that season didn't start out great. I think we lost five out of our first six matches. Um, and, you know, had, had he been 
at a different club, a bigger club that had higher expectations, Gasparini would probably have been sacked already. Uh, but I'll never forget that game against Napoli um, where he just put in a, a really young lineup full of, full of kids, your Frank Kessies, your Roberto Gagliardini's, uh, your Andrea Conti's, and they went for it and they beat Napoli. Um, and then all of a sudden it just was crazy. And we ended that season in fourth spot and qualified for Europe. Of course, not Champions League because we didn't have the fourth spot then yet. Um, but yeah, it's, from then on, it's just been building upon strengths and really giving Gasparini the time that he needed to build a team in his own image. And it's worked really, really well. Yeah, they, they've been playing well. And, you know, that success in Serie A has really carried over to the Champions League two years in a row advancing out of the group stage. You know, last year in a group with uh, – last year was Liverpool, correct, and this year was City? Or did I, I, I reverse Other way around. Other, Other way around. around. City yeah. last year, Liverpool this year, and a tough Ajax side. You know, Ajax mm-hmm. is always a difficult side in Europe. And this year, Atalanta advanced much more comfortably than last year. Last year, they kind of had to find their feet, and it took to the last match day, and they needed some help. But, you know, this year um, – you know, they went to the last match day controlling their own destiny and actually got a win in Amsterdam. So, mm-hmm. you know, uh, with that success, though, we see that in the table and said, yeah, they're not as strong as they were last year. Do you think the Champions League success is in some ways hampering their league form a bit? Yeah, 100%. I, and I think, I think 2020 is, 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 a, is a year that is symptomatic of this as well. You have, you know, the Champions League ending a little bit later than normal. We had a, a shorter preseason. Um, and also the big thing is, you know, it's not just a year older and tired legs. It's, we, we really have, you know, we had quite a transfer window. Um, we had a lot of people that we needed to bring in for depth because we knew we were going to be competing on three fronts. Um, and Gasparini's kind of been forced a little bit to, um, integrate these new players into the squad, um, in order to get that depth that we so need. And that has, um, you know, it's, it's taken a little bit of away from the continuity that we know. Um, and then players losing a player like uh, Timothy Castagna, that's huge. We still haven't been able to replace him. Um, and then not having Josip Ilicic at the level that we had him last season, that's, that's, a, that's a big hurt for us. Yeah, he was, he was the world beater last year for sure. Mm-hmm. And that, that's always tough to replace. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in any way, I mean, as, as a lifelong fan, does the success that they've had, the level of success they've had the past couple of seasons surprise you at all? Well, I'm always surprised. I think most Atalantini are always surprised. We don't have high expectations for results. We have high expectations of how we play, I think. Um, so it's always a pleasant surprise. Um, you know, not that we're, we're negative and we don't think our team is good and give them the credit that it's due. Um, but this is still all just a, a really, really big surprise and a pleasant supply, surprise. And for me, I'm still riding this wave. I'm going to ride this as long as I can, you know. I don't really know what to do when we're really successful. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I'm just happy that this is happening now and who knows how long this is going to last. Yeah, you have to enjoy it while it lasts. I mean, sure. I, I think back to a couple of years ago with Roma when they made that run to the Champions League semifinals, it was kind of just enjoy it while it lasted. Um, yep. And for you guys, it's kind of a, a longer stretch thing here now with a couple of years a great great job i mean they they've drawn real madrid in the in the round of 16 so it'd be a tough you know competition to try to get through but you know they surprised people last year so no reason why they can't compete with real madrid in my opinion um but one thing that has been negative lately has been the recent reports of the papu gomez and gasparini drama going on behind the scenes uh in bergamo um any updates on that? The, the, anything you've heard recently? I don't know. All I know is that this is affecting me way more than it really should. I, I, <laughs> I feel like this is like a soap opera, a real life soap opera. And I'm like, you know, captured. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, it, it's gone from me feeling like it was overblown and it wasn't that serious. And, you know, you know, the media or the pundits were just, you know, trying to make a story mm-hmm. out of it to realizing, Oh, this is actually kind of pretty serious. Um, and then when Papu put out that, that Instagram post, that was like, when I leave, I'll tell you what happened kind of thing. Um, yeah, I think this is serious. This is a serious problem. Uh, I'm so glad that he played yesterday against Juve. He actually was a big help. Um, it's nice that he's been on the bench. Um, but, you know, you have to understand that, that, you know, Atalanta is Bergamo and Bergamo is Atalanta and Papu Gomez uh, being our captain and talisman, like he, he means a lot. He's, he's Totti-esque. I, I, I'm not going to put him on the same level as Francesco Totti. I'm Italian after all. I, underst- I understand what Francesco Totti uh, means to Roma, but this is like our guy, you know? Yeah. Uh, and so when something like this happens, it's just really unnerving, not even because of what the results on the pitch are going to be, but, you know, at one point, at some point we know Papu is going to end up leaving, but we hope he, you know, retires with Atalanta. There was talks of him putting up a school in Bergamo. His family is very settled there. So it's not really that he goes as the problem. It's the way that he goes. So, I mean, we'll see what happens, you know? Yeah. I mean, I I think the Italian media often, you know, tries to create stories. So at first you're right. It seemed like it was, you know, the Italian media creating a story where there may have been something small, but that, that, that Instagram post that he put Mm -hmm. out was kind of the thing that made you go, Oh, that things might be unraveling a bit. Do you think he leaves in January? And if so, where to? If he leaves in January, unfortunately, I think he's going to go to another Italian club. Um, the latest thing I saw was this potential swap deal with, uh, uh, with Christian Eriksen with Inter, um, which never in my life did I ever think that, that we would get a swap deal with a player like Christian Eriksen and I would feel like we got screwed. Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, I mean, that's, I, I think that's probably the most convenient thing uh, that would happen. Um, I would hope that he wouldn't go to a, a Serie A team if he is leaving. I hope he would go and actually do like get his payday somewhere else. Yeah. Um, but he still has a lot to offer. Um, I, I'm cautiously optimistic that he's going to stay out the rest of the year though. Cause it would be a real shame for us to get even more success in, in Serie A and the Champions League without Papu Gomez. That would, that would be a shame. Yeah. It would be tough to see him leave mid season, you know, as a direct rival, you know, maybe part of me is like, Oh, you know, maybe Roma could kick the tire or something like that. Some of those rumors out there, but you know, I think from a a league wide perspective, it's, it's better for the league if he stays in Bergamo. Um, If he were to leave, how would the club replace his production and that leadership? Because that might even be more important than the on-field production at this point. Yeah, that's a really good question. I think, I think we, we replace him with three other players that you, you know, you, there isn't a a straight swap out for Papu. Uh, We have the depth and attack. We've, um, gotten a, a lot of, of depth during the off season. We have uh, Alexi Moranchuk. Um, we see Matteo Piscina, who's back from his loan spell in Verona doing really, really well. Uh, if Josip Ilicic comes back to form. So there is definitely the cover there uh, for him, but it's that those intangibles, you know, uh, strangely enough through this whole process though, it seems like the rest of the team has been in pretty good spirits. Mm-hmm. Um you know, the togetherness is still there. It doesn't seem like Papu would be the type of person to split a dressing room, though. I think this is, you know, that shows his maturity and I think the maturity of the club itself, um, that it, it, he isn't being divisive, right? So, of course, we'd miss that. Um, but I think, honestly, like, maybe this is the next progression of Atalanta in the way that we play. 
Yeah. I, I, I didn't get to see the whole match against Juve. I was working I quite the first half over lunch. But um, when he did come on, the bits and pieces that I was able to catch while, while working, what, you know, he looked like he was fighting hard as any day to mm-hmm. score a goal, to, to help you guys claw back and find that point against Juve and almost win the match. So, you know, he's still fighting for the team. So there's no, you know, indication that he's mailing it in, which is, which is positive for you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, I asked you this on our, you know, type form Q&A, but who's more important to the club? Uh, Gasparini or Papu, if if that divorce happens, yeah, if that, if that divorce happens, I think I think most Atalantini uh, would, you know, their hearts would break if Papu left more than if Gasparini left. But obviously, to the success of the club, it has to be Gasparini. Uh, you know, he's the brains of the outfit. You know, and I, and if Papu's the heart, I think like I I replied in that type form Q and A. When those two disconnect for any any moment, we're going to stroke out as a team. It's it's the heart and and the brain, um, you know. So, Gasparini is the one who brings the success. So, if if the club is going to have to back one side over the other, it has to be Gasparini if we want to continue the success. He's uh, we we all know coaches are much more difficult to replace than than players. Yeah, we've seen through the years with some of the biggest names in football that players ultimately are replaceable if the, if the mm-hmm. right system is in place. So mm-hmm. that, that's a great point you make there in terms of the brains versus the heart. Um, and then just Gasparini, his football has been great since he's come to Bergamo. You know, his previous stops at Inter and places like that didn't go so well, but he's been nothing but great um, in Bergamo. So why, why does it work so well in Atalanta? Yeah, I think I think the biggest thing is I kind of alluded to it earlier is this relationship with the president Bergassi and the time that he's been given. And, um, you know, I, I don't think any of us who are Atalantini don't understand the type of person that Gasparini is. He is, you know, I'd say he's got a pretty big ego and coaches with big egos who want to impose their own style of play. He most definitely has a point of view, but that makes it a whole lot easier to find players that fit your system, Right. Um, there's a clear direction within the organization and we've always had a great scouting network. We've always had a great youth system. We've had to, cause we're, we're a club with small mm-hmm. means and it's well known that we've always been good at that. And then when you combine that with a clear vision for what you're looking for, you're going to get success. Um, you know, and then Gasparini, as much as he has his idea of how he wants to play every year, you see a little bit of a shift, right? You see a little bit of a shift and, and a little bit of different progression and, and learning and reacting. Uh, we talked a little bit about the Champions League last year where we lost our first three games. And then in the fourth match against City, we had just lost, I think, 5-1 in Manchester. And we, we managed to adjust and draw in Bergamo against you know, a prolific Man City team and then won the next two games and qualified for the next round. So Gasparini really knows how to progress you know, season over season. And you're seeing a very different Atalanta right now than you would have last season at this time. Yeah, that's important because, you know, people figure you out after a while. Uh-huh. So if you can't adapt in turn, then, you know, your football goes sour real fast. We've seen it with some sure. coaches through the years. Uh-huh. Um, you know, they've had, and I, I'm glad you mentioned the scouting because we've seen some great talents come through Bergamo even before the Champions League qualification. Players like Spinazzola uh-huh. and Cristante in Roma's case, uh, players like Galliardini, um, Conti, uh, Cassie, uh, uh-huh. Tanya, tons of guys. Um you know, some of them are starting to find their feet elsewhere now. I mean, Spinazzola has been great this year. It took him a couple of years after he left Bergamo with the injuries and things like that. Um, and Kessie's starting to pick it back up. And Galliardini now with Conte, you know, found, found a coach who kind of values him more. But why have so many of those players either taken a long time to find their footing elsewhere or just kind of, you know, faltered and fallen flat in their face when, once they've left Atalanta? 
Yeah, I think there's a, uh, there's a lot to unpack here too. Because I think for a while there, it was looking like, uh, I guess they were being called Gasparini's fool's gold, right? You mm-hmm. know, they look like world beaters and then they go to another team and they totally suck. Uh, but it's a little unfair, right? You're in Bergamo. You don't have the same pressure. You don't have the same expectations maybe mm-hmm. um, externally. And then you invariably go to bigger clubs. You go to Inter, you go to Milan, you go to Roma, right? And you're probably playing with some world-class players, um, you know? So, and you're probably playing even further away from home than you already are. Who knows, right? And you're young. I mean, these players are young when they, when they move. Um, so they need time uh, to, to settle. And then within Gasparini's system, with the exception of, I would say, Papu and maybe sometimes Josip Ilicic, it is a very structured um, formation, right? You know exactly where you're supposed to be at every given time. So if I'm a young player and I receive the ball, I don't even have to know where my, my teammate's going to be, right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to kick it up there. I mean, you see it all the time. If you watch Robin Goosen's on the left when he's clearing a ball, he always makes it to Duvan Zapata. It doesn't even look. He just hoofs the ball and Duvan Zapata is there, right? So, I mean, that is a really, really hard transition to make, especially if you're in a team that isn't as rigid. And maybe you have some players around you who have a little bit more creative license, right? All of a sudden, you have to take an extra touch. I mean, you can see that with Brian Cristante a lot mm-hmm. in the beginning. And the other thing, of course, with Brian Cristante is he played, uh, you know, uh, pretty much a trequartista for Atalanta. And, uh, you know, he's kind of renewed as a center back, which I think is really, really awesome. Um, but he was being played in a double pivot at Roma. And that is just not what he's used to doing. So it takes time for these things to happen. And I think, like you said, you're seeing them uh, come to fruition with time. Yeah, I, I agree. And the Cristante one is, is a big talking point with Roma fans all the time. He's one of the most maligned players mm-hmm. over the last couple of seasons. But like you mentioned, when he came over, he was a nine goal scorer, I think, in the league, playing mm-hmm. as a Tre Cortisa. You stick him as a defensive midfielder. And mm-hmm. then now his talents in some ways are, are working better at uh, center back in a back three. So it, it's interesting. And I think you're right. The, the, the system with these young players has so much to do with their success and growth. And like you, you mentioned, if, if you know where your teammate is all the time, it just eases, eases everything. Um, so talking about players that are at Atalanta now, who have been the best players on the team, do you think? Uh, maybe outside of the big names or some of the bigger disappointments so far this season? Uh, when you talk about the players who have been the probably my best surprise or some of the best players, biggest difference maker right now, I have to say is Christian Romero. Um, you know, the center back that we have on two-year loan from Juve who played at uh, Genoa the past two seasons. Uh, we definitely wanted him last year. He's a perfect Gasparini center back. Um, he chose to stay with uh, Genoa one more year, uh, but he's really changed a lot of the way. I mean, the fact that we had – uh, two, uh, what, three Champions League uh, shutouts, one, one against Liverpool in Liverpool and one against Ajax in Amsterdam. He was just a beast. So it changes things when you have somebody that reliable in the back. So I think Christian Romero has been the, the biggest surprise and probably the biggest contributor to our success um, this season. Um, I think the continued good play of uh, Robin Goosens on the left, um, the fact that we were able to keep him was kind of a big deal. Uh, he just brings in another dimension. He, when he was injured uh, for a few games this season, you really saw that we were lacking something because uh, we don't quite have the cover uh, for him that we did with Timothy Castagna in the past couple of seasons. Um, as far as disappointments, I hate to say it, but Duvan Zapata, he does so much. He holds up the ball. He does so many great things. 
But Duman Zapata scored 28 goals a couple of years ago. He scored 18 goals last year. And he just really hasn't picked it up, especially in Serie A this year. Yeah. He, need, he needs to be clinical because Atalanta is one of those teams that we have to take our early chances because if we get a goal, the game completely changes. Um, if teams keep packing it in, packing it in, we're still going to try and play cutesy little passes, you know. Um, and they're, you know, so I think Duba needs to be a little bit more clinical. So that's been disappointing. I don't I think collectively, it's just our inability to uh, replace Timothy Castagna, whether that's on the right wing or the left wing or of the, of the wing backs. Um, poor Hatabur and Gusens are, are playing way too much. So uh, hopefully this, uh, this winter transfer window, we get some, some better cover because right now, especially on the right side, uh, we have no cover for Hatabur. Yeah. Yeah, and I think Romero was a great pickup. When I saw that move this summer, I, I thought it was a great signing for Atalanta. He's such a talented player. You know, he had the, the injury issues a couple of years ago, but he's bounced back very nicely. Yep. Um, so moving ahead to Sunday's match, big one in the table. Um, mm-hmm. Roma currently on 24 points, tied with Juve for third, uh, mm-hmm. behind on goal differential. Atalanta's on 18, but with a, a match in hand after the match against Udinese got postponed so the six point gap really isn't a six point gap when you take that match into consideration so it really could be a big swing match in the table either positively for Roma to you know kind of distance themselves from the pack in terms of the Lazio's and the Atalantas of the world right now or for Atalanta to really get back in the mix for a top four place which is you know always the goal for these clubs is first Champions League and then anything else on top of that is kind of cake so big matchup Roma's been in a little bit better form in the league three one and one in their last five league matches Atalanta just one win uh three draws and a loss in their last five um with that cancellation sandwich in the middle there a couple weeks ago so definitely a big match uh form like we said favors Roma a little bit right now but mm-hmm. Atalanta also got the results in the Champions League they needed mixed in there so they you know they had that focus on the IX too um any key absences for Atalanta coming into this one but we, yeah, yeah, we don't know about the whole Papu situation, so potentially Papu, but I think, I think he'll definitely play. Um, at game time against uh, Juventus, Rafa, Rafael Toloi um, was scratched, so I, I don't quite know. They said there was some sort of physical issue with him, so that's going to be a big, a big miss for us, and it was a big miss against Juve uh, as well um, because Palomino came in and played for him and ultimately gave the ball away mm-hmm. that uh, the, we gave away the goal to Chiesa. Um, and then uh, I think Josip Ilicic is probably still not match fit. Uh, so those are the big ones, I think. But Toloi is going to be the big one if, it, if he doesn't get to play. Okay. Um, Roma, actually, for once, really no, no absences to talk about besides the long-term things with Zaniolo and Pastore. They, uh, Cristante will be back from suspension. Don't know if he starts or not, but um, they've gotten their full assortment of defenders back after Mancini missed some time, Smalling missed some time. So... Fonseca's got a lot of players at disposal. Short rest, uh, less than 72 hours from today's match, so we'll see if he rotates much. But uh, going into the match, what would you say the keys for Atalanta are against a team like Roma? I, I think that the key is going to be if we win the matchups, right? There's, there's some really tasty matchups in this, and I, I, I'll, we'll start at Duvan Zapata versus who I would probably say Chris Smalling. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I don't think that uh, Brian Cristante could, <laughs> could hold off Duvan Zapata, no. so I, I would think that that's the first one. Um, so really it's, it's going to be about Duvan um, and how, for us anyway, how he handles that and if he can turn Smalling, if he can, you know, if he can hold that play uh, really, really well. Um, and then the second on the other side is, I think, how, um, whether it's Rafael Toloi or Barrett Jim City handles Henrik Mkhitaryan. 
Mm-hmm. Um, that's going to be a really interesting matchup. I think even a more difficult matchup than Romero versus Jekyll. So those three, those are three key matchups there um, that Atalanta would have to win. And then it's going to be all about the midfield, right? Um, it's going to be really interesting to see Freuler and uh, Darun, if they can control that midfield and, and break things up uh, and how correspondingly, whether it's VR or Pellegrini and uh, Veritu, you know, who wins that midfield matchup. Yeah. But I think Atalanta will possess the ball more. So it's going to be how we also handle the break and some of the pace on the wings, whether it's Perez or Karsdorp and, and Spinazzola on the other side. Yeah, I agree. I was looking at Keys for Roma. I, I think it's a given Atalanta controls the ball. I think Roma will, you know, gladly give them possession a little <laughs> bit just because Roma this year has been way more dangerous on the counter. Uh, today they beat Torino 3-1 um, against a temp- in Torino for about 75 minutes of that match, 70 minutes or so. And they had a tough time at times breaking down a tightly packed defense, which is what they want to avoid. They'd mm-hmm. rather give Atalanta the ball and counterattack. So um, I, how Roma gets out on that break will be huge. Um, Jekko and the wings will be, I think, vital to that. And Mkhitaryan players like that. Um, if Atalanta scores first, and you know, then it'll be interesting to see if Roma can find a way to break down Atalanta because Atalanta won't mm-hmm. have to be quite as aggressive. I'm sure they'll still be looking for goals. They always do, but that'll be interesting to see for Roma too, because I'm still not convinced when they have to break teams down. Um, So yeah, I think the possession battle will greatly favor Adelante, probably something like 60, 40, if Mm -hmm. you know, and Roma will be fine with that. Uh, You mentioned some matchups already. I think those matchups on the wings will be so vital. Um, Spinazzola has been tearing down that left flank and giving everyone trouble this year. Um, a lot of ex-Atalanta influence on this Roma side, probably for this match. <laughs> yeah. um, so Hadebor might have his hands full a little bit. We'll see how he handles Spinazzola's pace. But I think on the opposite side, an interesting one is Gozen's tearing down the opposite left flank against Karsdorp. I think Karsdorp gets the start. Um, they rested him for half the match today, and uh, I think he's become that uh, go-to guy on the right. He's mm-hmm. been more impressive than Perez. He's a little more physical. Decent pace, but Gozens is, is a handful, as you mentioned. Um, the midfield could be interesting. Um, Pellegrini's playing some of the best football of his career. Um, I'd be interested to see if, you know, they, they go with Pedro in the position next to Mkhitaryan or they keep Pellegrini higher up and go with VR. I think for a matchup like this, they probably go with the veteran, uh, Pedro with Mkhitaryan, and then drop Pellegrini back a little bit like they did in the second part of the match today just from the experience standpoint, I don't know if Fonseca trusts VR quite so much yet, even though he's been growing every match. Um, so all good matchups. Yeah. I, I, going back to what you said, Zapata's a big threat with, you know, whether it's Malinovsky or Gomez or whoever starts in attack besides small, and it'll be those two young center backs for Roma Mancini and uh, Ibanez most likely. I don't think Kambula starts over those two. I think the reason they pulled Mancini at half today was because of the yellow card to risk any, uh, any, any suspension, mm-hmm. but you know, more Atalanta influence there. I don't know how Ibanez uh, never played for Atalanta. But, you know, it's kind of off what we were talking about. But uh, do you have any explanation for how, like, Gasparini didn't give him any time? Yeah, I, I, I really did. I was a huge fan of Roger Ibanez. I mean, we called him Jolly Roger every time. Everything was always like a, a pirate flag. Um, I thought he was the perfect uh, find. Um, I thought he was going to be that Gasparini center back who could attack. Mm-hmm. Um, but for whatever reason, he just never got the minutes. Um, and we sure could have used some depth at center back. Um, yeah, it, it was a, it was a mystery to me. Um, but I'm pleased to see him being successful 
uh, at Roma. I hope he's not successful on Sunday, but uh, I'm pleased to see his success. <laughs> yeah, he's a great ball playing center back, and I think yep. for ten million, I, people are going to come knocking soon uh, yep. at Roma's door. There's already jokes going around that he's the next Marquinhos on his way to PSG because uh, Roma fans are so used to selling everyone. But <laughs> I've been very impressed with him. I'm a huge fan of Mancini, so a couple of center backs that were schooled very well in Atalanta, and I think. <laughs> That's part of the reason for Roma's success this year is a switch to the back three. Those yeah. two were brought up in that system, and Smalling has transitioned better than probably anybody expected into the back three. Um, so, you know, looking forward to a great match on Sunday. I'm sure you are as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to put the pressure on you now. What's your prediction for Sunday? Score, scores? Well, you know what? I mean, like you, like you had said earlier, it's never a dull moment in the past couple of seasons uh, with these teams. So, I mean, what we had, what, some three threes back-to-back yeah. and, and opposite comebacks uh, from yeah. halftime. Um, I don't quite think we get six goals, but I think we get five. So that means somebody's going to win. And in, as, as well as um, Roma has been playing in, in the past five games, especially in the last two, um, I think this is going to be a huge test for them. I think Atalanta mm-hmm. is back on the upswing. Um, I think we just nip it. I think Atalanta wins 3-2. Um, I do think that Roma scores first, and that is not good for them. I think that that puts them on the back foot. And I think that it, you know, I, this is always my prediction. Atalanta gets scored on early, starts to attack, scores right before halftime, ties it up, and then we'll score a couple of goals, and then Roma will peg one back. So I'm thinking Duvan Zapata gets his first goal in a while. Um, Robin Gosens again will we'll get a goal. Um, and then on the other side, I, I think some ex-Atalantini are going to score. I think Spinazzola will actually get a goal. Um, and I think Gianluca Mancini will get a goal from the set piece uh, for Roma. Um, and then I don't know, the third one for Atalanta, we'll say two from Duvan. I think Duvan is due. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm going to go the opposite. I'm going to go 3-2 Roma. I think we will see goals. This is a huge, huge test for Roma because the one thing we've talked about uh, on our program a couple times is Roma's inability against the top six to, to pull the, the win out. They've gotten a couple of draws. They drew Milan uh, coming back three times, 3-3, three, three, which was big for them this year. But they had Juve uh, in trouble up a man. They couldn't hold on to a lead, drew 2-2. Two, two. Uh, drew Sassuolo 0-0, zero, zero, down a man. What They actually probably deserve to win that match as well. But they're, they're not finding those three points against the top mm-hmm. six side. So uh, I think for Fonseca and the players, it would be huge to pull out a win in a place like mm-hmm. Bergamo. Um, so I'm going to go 3-2 Roma. I'm going to be optimistic because they've been playing well. I'll give uh, I'll give Zapata and uh, I don't know who's going to start, but maybe Pessina. We'll we'll go with the young Italian player. We'll give him a goal. Uh, I'm going to go. Pellegrini's been in good form. Mkhitaryan's been in good form. But I'm going to go Mkhitaryan. Jeko's going to need to find one, and then I'll go with uh, I'll go with one of the center backs like you. I think something off a set piece, maybe Mancini or Small, and finds finds a third one. Um, but either way, I think we'll see a great game. Uh, it was great having you on, Dan. You gave us a great insight on, on your club, um, one of the most successful clubs the last two years in Italy. So tell, uh, tell our listeners where they can find your work, Twitter, and wherever else they can find your work. Yeah, sure. I'm, I'm probably the best place on Twitter uh, to follow me is uh, the Las Vegas Atalanta Supporters Group page. It's uh, at, the, at Atalanta underscore Vegas. Um, so you'll get uh, a lot of... Uh, Funny little things during game time, especially if you want, if you want to follow Atalanta during the game on Twitter. Um, and then, um, like you mentioned before, we have a podcast, um, the Atalanta pod. Um, right now, it's kind of on a 2020 hiatus as we're kind of reworking it. Um, but hopefully in 2021, we come back strong. And uh, if you want to hear some of the past episodes of that, uh, you can uh, search for Atalanta pod on any of the major podcast platforms. All right. Thanks so much, Dan. Uh, great having you on and uh, good luck on Sunday. All right. Thanks, Steve. 